What would it take to arouse your life, to experience more connection, more pleasure, more realness in and outside of the bedroom? I'm August McLaughlin, and this is Girl Boner Radio. What is the wonkiest thing you were ever told about how a person could get pregnant? Here are a few responses I received when I asked this question on the Girl Boner Facebook page. By sticking a pussy willow in your ear. By loving someone very much. By swallowing. Only by having sex more than once. By being in a hot tub. By standing on your head after sex. Without ever having sex. Or by praying for it. That's one I've heard. The moral of the story here is there are so many mixed, confusing, and completely false ideas. I received a question that ties in so well with my recent episode featuring Dr. Lene St. John, a.k.a. the Mama Sutra. It came from Barbara, who wrote this. I recently discovered that my 14-year-old daughter thought she could get pregnant by making out with a boy. She told her babysitter, who mentioned it to me, as she wasn't sure how to respond. My daughter is very bright and has had sex ed at school in a course, so I'm confused. Did she mean naked making out or full-on sex? Has she been sexually active and that's why she's scared? I'm certain she doesn't want to discuss this with her parents, but believe we should talk about it. Where to start and how to approach this without being shut out is perplexing to me. Barbara, I promise you you're not alone in this situation. I think it's awesome that... You want to have these conversations even though they're not comfortable. You mentioned that your daughter's very bright, and I want to point out that you can be the sharpest person in the room and still have so much confusion around sex for all kinds of reasons. Here's what Dr. Megan Fleming of GreatLifeGreatSex.com had to say for you. Barbara, thanks so much for the question. And wow, you know, I'm um, a mother of a 12-year-old and almost a 16-year-old, so, you know, I can appreciate how... You know, even though I'm a sex therapist, challenging in some ways it can be to have these conversations. But I think what's so awesome is that your daughter felt comfortable to even ask the question of your babysitter. So even though we don't know what she said, um, because as you said, she wasn't sure how to respond. Again, these are all opportunities. And one is to let her know, A, that she must be doing an amazing job. Your daughter's feeling comfortable and secure to ask these questions. And that next time something like that might come up, you know, it's a version of, you know, can you tell me more? And just reinforcing this idea that all questions are valid and, you know, she's there to help. Um, because to your point, these are conversations that kids don't necessarily always want to have with a parent. And so again, is it, you know, do you have an aunt or a best friend or maybe if you're part of a religious community, a youth minister, you know, who might there be a person that your child is going to have feel comfortable to have these conversations with. Um, But that ultimately, because I think it's important about that sense of trust and confidentiality, that you're not going to tell your daughter that you're bringing this up because the baby sort of brought it to your attention. There's so many opportunities because of what's happening all the time and in the media. Um, Just to say, you know, I was just listening to Girl Boner, uh, the podcast, or any number of podcasts, or just sort of saying, that you read an article in Cosmo. Uh, But the whole idea is to say, you know, it's interesting. Unfortunately, so many of our kids think that porn is a sex educator, right? And this is an opportunity to let your kids, it's sort of not when you watch porn, but sort of if you watch porn, but it's when, right? Knowing that 
you want to be a resource for them and that ultimately porn is not a great sex educator. Um, in fact, because there's, there's people are being paid, right? So if they want to learn about, you know, how to, um, you know, what real sex looks like and healthy sex looks like, you know, you would like to start in that conversation. And hopefully that's a way to um, engage her and just understanding right now in this moment what she understands and knows. Because, you know, when you mentioned that she's had sex ed, you know, first of all, I want to say that's amazing because only 24 states plus the District of Columbia currently require sex ed. And of those, only 20 require that that education is factually, medically, or technically accurate. That's actually something I learned from reading August's book, Girl Boner, you know, and it's something I put in the foreword because it blew my mind that in 2019, not even all states, um, require it. And, and certainly we know that not talking to kids about sex, um, you know, or talking just about abstinence only doesn't make them more likely. If anything, it can have the opposite effect. So we really want to give our teens accurate information so they can make informed decisions. And, you know, I think because again, what is the media that they're getting? And so the fact that I can, again, as I said, as a parent realize, like, you know, the thought that she thought about kissing could create pregnancy opens up a lot of questions, but I think it's sort of like, I always say, you know, in a sense, the crisis is the opportunity. This is no crisis whatsoever. It's just, she needs more information and education. And this is your opportunity to give that to her. And as I always say, it's not one heavy, big, definitive conversations. It's a series of conversations. Um, and there are many different resources out there. One that I recommend is, um, it's called SEX, second edition. All you need to know about section of all you need to know sexuality guide to get you through your teens and twenties. And this is by, uh, Heather Karina. And there are other books out there, but this one, again, the, uh, revision is a little bit more recent, 2016. And I think it's an amazing resource, not just about the sex ed aspects, but most importantly about intimacy and relationships and helping kids figure out in a sense when, you know, the timing of sex, because, uh, there's actually some statistics that said, um, more than 50% of teens in the 10 to 15, 10 to 15 years old said if they were considering sex or wanted guidance dealing with pressure to have sex, they would want to talk to their parents first. So what I'm saying, Barbara is, you know, take this as an opportunity not to mention the conversation she had with your babysitter. First of all, it's the opportunity there to say, next time she asks you a question, you know, how do you invite her saying, thanks for asking, happy to be here. You know, even if I don't know the answer, I can come back to you. And then you guys can talk about it sort of off to the side, but that she's feeling comfortable and safe to ask those questions. And then alongside in parallel, you're having a different conversation saying, because of something you saw in the media, that it's an opportunity, right? To give her this information and to create that safe space for her to ask any and all questions that she might have. Because again, you definitely want to keep that conversation open. So as always, would love to hear how it goes. So get this, the statistic Dr. Megan mentioned that appears in my Girl Boner book that only 20 states require that sex ed be technically or medically or scientifically accurate. So that's according to the National Conference of State Legislatures and research from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. And it has gone down since I wrote my book, which only released last year. I asked Lene to weigh in on this question as well, and she shared this statistic. Currently, only 13 states require medically accurate sex education. 
This is according to the Guttmacher Institute, a prestigious research organization. I double-checked it all over the place. That number has gone down by nearly 50%, and it hasn't even made the news. So I knew I had to dig a little bit deeper, and I'll get into that more shortly. But first, I wanted to share some of Lene's thoughts for you, Barbara. As for where to start, how to, how to approach this with your daughter, I think you could use this. Just say you just found out that 13 states statistic that we talked about, that 13 states require sex ed to be medically accurate, and that you want her to know the right information, you'd be there for her to make sure she gets only solid, accurate information. Um, you could lead in by explaining that some boys think a man pees inside a woman to get her pregnant. Um, you could also say others think you can get pregnant from making out <laughs> and then ask what behaviors her friends consider making out. Um, and then you can get specific and say, do they refer to sexual intercourse as making out? And then clarify that she knows exactly what sexual intercourse is. So, I mean, at that point, you can clarify the real way to get pregnant is to have a penis, one that's not wearing a condom, ejaculates sperm inside a vagina. Of course, there are outliers to that, like if a condom breaks. But then ask ask her what kinds of stories she's heard and would possibly want clarification on. Um, beware or be aware, I should say, that she may ask you something that you don't know. She might ask you a question that you don't have the slightest. And it's totally okay for you to say something along the lines of, whoa, that's one I'm not sure about. Can I get back to you? And the trick here is that you have to get back to her then with the correct answer. Don't leave her hanging because when kids are asking, when teens are asking us these questions, they want to know. Just don't let her go to porn or Google to try to get an answer because it may not be correct. So you may get pushback from your daughter initially. Just be gentle and not argumentative or confrontational. If you're acting as an ally or an advisor instead of a menacing overlord, <laughs> then you may find her resisting less to your attempts to converse. Um, when I would teach my college students, the beginning of the semester, I would always ask where they got their sex ed and who they wanted to get their sex ed from. Overwhelmingly, they all said they wanted to get sex ed from their parents semester after semester. And I'm sure your daughter wishes the same. I doubt it's time to go out and get a pregnancy test, but if that is the case, she's probably scared. Be supportive and do it together. And my rule of thumb on this is be the support you would want to have if you were in her shoes. So <laughs> I hope these tips help you navigate the situation and I'm wishing you all the success in connecting and, and communicating with your daughter on this. For much more information on talking about sex and sexuality with kids in ways that really empower them and promote their health and happiness and safety, please check out Lene's book, 
README, a parental primer for the talk. So back to the states not requiring medically accurate sex ed. Here's a bit of what I've learned about that. So sex ed is still only mandated in 24 states and the District of Columbia. The following states require no sex ed or HIV education at all. Arizona, Arkansas, Colorado, Florida, Idaho, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Texas, and Virginia. It's probably not surprising that most of these states also have some of the highest teen birth rates in the country. Florida and Louisiana are among the top states with the highest HIV diagnosis rates, according to a 2018 CDC report. And get this, even though 24 states mandate education about sex and HIV, a whopping 39 states require abstinence education. So basically, you must learn the benefits, quote unquote, of not having sex, even if you don't know what it entails or what to do with any desires you might have. Imagine if masturbation were taught or encouraged or allowed a form of sex ed with zero risk of STD transmission or pregnancy. When the Honorable Joycelyn Elders brought that up to the Supreme Court in the 90s, she lost her job. So we have a long ways to go about that. But it is something we can talk about at home. You can find related links in the show notes. Um, Lene suggested checking out the Guttmacher Reports um, link. It has a really cool chart that tells you basically what is and isn't offered or required in your particular state. I'm sure some of you are wondering why all of this is the case. On the surface, it has a lot to do with allowing a quote-unquote value-based education. So, for example, if you want kids to learn that they should save sex for marriage, allowing not technically accurate sex ed allows schools to teach ideas that we know to be false, like sex is inherently dangerous and only intended for procreation, or that teaching abstinence leads to fewer problems. Below the surface, it's a lot more complicated. Some of the reasons include fear, mixed messages that get passed down from generation to generation. We can't, like, teach something we don't know. And religious ideas about pleasure and gender roles. I think it's so important to recognize that we can maintain our values no matter what they are, including any spiritual or religious beliefs, and still embrace our sexuality and have healthy, informed, empowered lives and relationships. And really, sexual acts are just one relatively small part of all this. Sexuality entails so much more. So if you feel lost or confused by messages that just don't quite feel right, I really encourage you to dig into your own beliefs and the influences around you. As you probably know by now, I love journaling. I think it can be a great tool for this kind of self-work, writing, talking to trusted friends or a therapist and Gaining solid information from the many awesome sex ed resources out there can really help. I'm always happy to help um, point you toward those or help you sort those things out. Again, there's no reason to feel ashamed if you have absorbed some of these wonkier messages because I'm almost sure we all have at some point. I also know we can get to a far better place. It just takes effort, but it is so, so rewarding. If you enjoyed this Girl Boner Quickie, I hope you'll share it with a friend or two and consider leaving us a rating and review. Thanks for listening. 